0: All right. Well, Paul, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. It's good to be interviewing you again. uh, We did a couple small things together over the last couple years. And I've got one of your saws. I'm a big fan. But uh, why don't you give us the 30,000 foot overview of who you are and where your company is today? Because what we're gonna do is we're gonna kind of reverse engineer this. Uh, You can tell us where you're at, but then we want to kind of
1: understand how you got there. Okay, so we want to start out where we're at? Start out with where you're at now. Okay please. Um, Well, I'm Paul Guth with IQ Power Tools. I was one of the co-founders of IQ Power Tools. IQ Power Tools specializes in uh, power tools with integrated dust collection. That's kind of the very elevator speech of what we do. We integrate dust collection into our power tools so that you turn the switch on, it's all working, capturing the dust. And what's interesting in the tile world is we dry cut everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we have a dry cut tile saw with integrated dust collection and we've been in the tile industry now since um, our first show was in 2016. Uh, and that's when we introduced the technology mm-hmm. and started getting the reaction to the technology and understanding how many people you know if it's something that was useful to kind of really take the temperature and see if it was a product we wanted to proceed with and then we introduced it in 2017 into the market. And so that's kind of how we started within the tile industry. Okay. And how's it going? It's going excellent. Excellent. We've introduced a, you know, a new tile saw. We have uh, the original version from 2017 that's, you know, uh, yeah, we're about five years in. Um, There's been a lot of education into the industry to understand that you can cut tile dry without water. You know, bad things don't happen. <laughs> uh, that was all kind of part of uh, the education process, um, and we had a really good. Those early adopters came on and really liked what you could do because dry cutting eliminates water. That means now you have options where you can put your tile saw. Yeah. Right close to where you're working. If you're in freezing environment, now you're not outside or running bucket, you yeah. know, water eaters and things. So that was a real positive. Um, and then uh, last year we introduced our new little bench top, which is it weighs 36 pounds. Set it right on the you know island or yep. backsplash area where you're working, right close to where you're working, and uh, that is proving to be kind of another you know people got to get used to that idea and learn how to use that tool. Yeah. Um, you know, one of your colleagues mentioned something. You know anytime you get a new power tool there's a bit of a learning curve right just like using a snap cutter and yeah. that's exactly what is that right pressure yeah. for that you know exact tile yeah. um and that's very similar to our tools you gotta use them learn the techniques and once you do you, you see how you make money with them yeah and that's what it's all about
0: well that is what it's all about and it's interesting because you said like we kind of gauged the interest or the reaction rather the reaction of tile setters was you know, oh, how can you cut a, a, a dry tile on a saw? You know, what do you mean? And today, even today, you've been at it for five years, it sounds like. But even today, you'll, you probably run across people who, you know, it just blows their mind, right? Yeah. And out of, out of your mind, this, this, this innovation came. Uh, something that had never been done before. So it's a super cool story. I'm really excited to dig into it and kind of see... You know, first of all, let's get to know you a little bit personally. What what do you like, at, at, you know, what kind of vacations do you like to take? Maybe you have a favorite memory you could share with us.
1: Favorite vacations? Um, you know, I love traveling. I mm-hmm. love, you know, Europe is a great place. Yep. Um, and now I travel all over the world, you know, Asia. You know, and, and really, I guess me as a person, I love learning new things. Yeah. Um, and at IQ, we're always doing something new. Uh, and I tell people that you know that work there. If you don't like learning new things, this is not a great place to work. Right. Um, but that's me personally. I just love learning new things. I love going to new places, to see uh, the technology that they use, and even the you know transportation systems that you know we in America think we got it all figured out. And right. we do. It's a you know great country, and there's a lot of great things here. But. Other parts of the world have some pretty neat things. they you know, the, how they're using technology, uh, how they're using transportation, yeah. how they invest in, you know, infrastructure, those types of things is very interesting. But um, you know, so those are exciting things to me. You know, traveling yeah. is probably one of my favorite things, which is unfortunate to be in a business that requires travel and I love to travel. There so, you go. Cool. So that's well, I uh, love that a little answer. piece of me. So No, I love that answer.
0: I really appreciate, you know, you sharing that, and it's interesting because you're right. Like I, you should pick up different techniques from either other contractors, other trades. Even you know one of the things uh, when I start, first started listening to podcasts, there wasn't a tile po- podcast, but I really wanted a tile business podcast. But I just started listening to other industries. You know, I didn't care if it was real estate or you know anything entrepreneurial. And it was amazing the things I learned from different perspectives. So if we close ourselves off, if we're just so zoned in, I mean, you're just going to keep doing the same things you did every year. But if you travel and look at the way people are living or doing things or innovating, uh, was that part of how you got your idea to to come up with IQ, the dustless power saw? Uh,
1: Not not really. You know, that really goes back from my work experience. Um, Perfect. You know, and I don't know if you want to go yeah, through that. Yeah, I'd love to jump into your uh,
0: contractor life, you know, back before you were IQ.
1: Yeah, so really it came from my family. Uh, yeah. My father was a mason contractor. My great-grandfather was a farmer slash contractor slash entrepreneur, you know, you know, back in the yeah. day. You basically however you needed to you made to make a living. Well, I love farmers because they're always innovating on the fly. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I come from a
0: farming family, too. It's like they if they don't have it, they make it. You exactly. know, they got a machine shop, you know, whatever they have. It's yeah, like they're you building gotta, this
1: outbuilding or creating yeah. this tool, yeah. which is, you know, contracting falls right into that because, yeah. you know, a contractor is, you know, first and foremost, a problem solver. Ah. So, yeah, I got a a job to do, it's a set of blueprints, you know, those are all the problems. Right. Now I go to the job site, it's its own problems with the logistics or the weather or whatever, you know, the power supply or lack of power or whatever. Um, And so you start solving problems. Yeah. Um, So, like I said, my my father was a mason contractor and we grew up, you know, summertime, he went to work. You know, when you, you know, 10 years old, you got in the truck with Dad and you went to work all right. summer long. Right, And you start learning basically how to work. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, as I got older, you know, when I was uh, 20 years old, I got my contractor's license. Yeah. Um, so, and you, you're given a set of plans. And when I was 18, here's a set of plans. It's a storage facility, you know, and here, son, you go build that. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, this is how you do it. <laughs> and, uh and that it's just the way life was then, yeah. Um, and so that's how my life started, and you know that's how you start your life to gain experience. So okay, and and did you have your own contractor
0: business? Your own I did. masonry business? Yeah. So actually, or, I had
1: my own uh, general contracting business. I have my own general contracting license in California. Uh, I did a lot of uh, masonry structures. That was kind of our, you know, my background. I'm a mason. By trade, Uh Um, so you know using trowels is you know first nature to me. Yeah, Um, and then went into general contracting, started doing uh, remodels, Um, and then when the economy kind of got tight there in the you know 90s, I found that glass block was kind of a niche Mm -hmm. market, and as a mason, that kind of falls can be masonry or it can be tile. You know, it kind of falls in. But it takes a definite skill set yeah. to do a really good quality glass block installation, and uh, and that was very popular, you mm-hmm. know, after Miami Vice and right. you know that look was everybody very popular. had to have it. Yeah, and I yeah. lived in California, it, it was a pretty yeah. popular, so I had a kind of devoted business to just doing glass block. Well okay. that put me in a lot of bathrooms and renovation areas and showers and and people that I started working for said, why don't you just start doing the tile and doing the other stuff? And and then that was kind of how that started. And interesting story, uh, another individual in the industry, I don't know if you know uh, Armin of Tabby Tools. Sure. Yeah. So um, Armin lived in Connecticut. He, you know, to people that don't know, he patented a lot of little spacers and, you know, a lot of little tile tool related uh, things. He patented them. Well, Armin, um, I was working on the same job in California with Armin. Uh-huh. Uh, Armin would come out to the West Coast and work, you know, stay with relatives, you know, while it was cold in the East. Yeah. And Armin had to go back to Connecticut. Some patent issues had arisen, and he had to go back to California or Connecticut, uh-huh. excuse me. And he was in the middle of this job. It just started this job, and the contractor said. Okay, Armin's leaving. You know, Paul, I've seen what you can do. Why don't you just step in here and finish right. the job for me? And I'm like, you know, this was all marble and and uh, travertine and granite, yeah, polished edges. You know, really, you know, high end stuff. And I said, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to do this stuff. I don't do it. And He said, you'll figure this out. And Armin's nephew is here. He, you know, he's going to stay. He lives in California. Uh, so, you know, I picked up. My helper, which was yeah. uh, his name was Rex. He's Herman's sure. nephew. Ready to work, uh, yeah. yeah. And yeah. he, he, and they just prepped all the pans and did all the mud work. And so yeah. we, we started uh, laying the marble, and you know, and that was kind of the beginning of how I really got into tile, you know, on a day-to-day basis. So I was doing tile and glass block, um, and so that's, you know, I did that for several years along with other masonry jobs, and and then when the economy got better, we kind of expanded. Yeah. So okay. So that was the beginning. Um, as I go down my career, uh, in the late '90s, um, my brothers—I you know, have uh, three other brothers—and they all had their own masonry construction businesses. Sure. Um, and they were all doing their own thing. Well, in the in the end of the 90s my brother came to me my brother joel yeah and said hey you know i'm looking for somebody to kind of help me manage my business and do the logistics and organize because he had he had about 150 guys working for him oh, so wow. he had a major yeah. yeah a major uh you know uh, concern going and so i ended up stopping my personal business and went to work with him okay uh and that was you know, large masonry construction projects, municipals, schools, uh, military projects. So yeah. it was, you know, you, you got high quality uh, standard of safety, quality, and uh, the logistics were just a nightmare. So it yeah. uh, really kind of took me to the next level from a commercial construction in uh, managing that type of business. And really what came out of that is, you know, we were trying to manage our respite, Respiratory protection program, right? Which is sure. wearing it's face huge. masks. Yeah, um, we were trying to do everything we could with ocean. Yeah, with 150 people, the spotlight's on you. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and that was real challenging because you you know a respiratory protection program. If a guy's going to wear a respirator, he's got to be fit tested yep. individual. You yep. got to send him and get a nurse to say do a pulmonary test, which mm-hmm. is measure how he breathes, how yep. his lungs are functioning. To allow you know him to put on a respirator, which adds stress to the lungs, right? So he's got to pass those types of tests. He also cannot be a smoker, Mm -hmm. and he also cannot have facial hair. Can have a beard, yeah. So me and you (laughs) couldn't qualify to wear a respirator. I remember that. And so you know that makes us go, man. Half my workforce, I can't put respirators on. Right. We need to focus on capturing the dust. And that's really what focused and us down. And that was really the, the birth of the idea. That was the problem. And then, uh, in the meantime, my brother Joel had invented uh, a masonry saw, a very small, portable, 14-inch masonry saw, okay. which he took to another manufacturer and licensed to them. And it was a dry-cut masonry saw. So if anybody's been out there in, in just dry-cutting masonry, it looks right. like you've set the oh, yeah. you know, place on fire. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's a huge smoke of dust, it's a huge silica issue. dust. Yeah. Um, So when that manufacturer, that was started in 95, you know, and in 2000, they finally brought it to market. And we bought the first 10 of these machines, put them on our job sites. And of course, we're out there just ripping off cuts and, you know, dust is going everywhere. And so then that became the dust in the air was a huge issue. Yeah. Um, So that was the problem that we had to solve next. Um, And that's when we actually, you know, Uh, I worked at the company, and I'm kind of an amateur fabricator, you know, inventor, you know, like you said, farmer, contractor, problem solver. Um, So I went out in the shop and back and got the welder and, you know, made the first uh, dust extractor with the masonry saw. We bought some heavy-duty semi-truck filters and put those in there, Um, bought like a dust collector from, uh, you know, one of the wood supply shops. Built our first dust collector, and that was in probably about 2001. Yeah. Uh, we did that. So okay. that was really, you know, we applied something to the problem and found a solution.
0: Nice, so. nice. Well, that's what an innovator does, right? An inventor, an innovator, an entrepreneur looks for a problem, finds a solution. You mentioned that huge dust cloud. I'm familiar with those dry cut saws, and anybody who's seen them in action is familiar with it. And I'm very familiar with a tile saw, which You know, we create sometimes five pounds of sludge within a couple days, right, of that tile dust, basically, that's captured by the water. So I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, my vacuum at home gets full pretty quick. These machines, I mean, you must have had some insurmountable challenges Inventing this thing, what were some of the first hurdles that you had to overcome that you remember thinking, like, how am I ever going to get up, get over this? Yeah, it
1: was really the amount of dust you don't realize, you know, that huge dust cloud is volume. Uh-huh. Mean, it's a lot of dust. Yeah. Um, and the other one is, you know, the speed of the blade cutting through, the dust coming off of a blade is traveling at about 180 miles an hour. Wow. So you got to have, you know, I kind of like it like a catcher's mitt, yeah, ready that is capable to capture that sure. dust because you can't just put a wall there and some, you know, uh, you know, add, uh, you know, a wind speed of five miles an hour that is going to catch 180 miles an hour. Okay. So you got to develop a, a dust collection system that is comparable to the dust speed of the, you know, coming off of the blade. Okay. So that's part of one of the fundamental things we had to learn controlling the dust don't create bounces and things like that so there's a lot of uh, technology and um, iteration you know testing that we do just to figure out how to you know make all of this work and that was one of the big things is uh, you know the amount of dust that we capture managing the filters how do we do that and being able to clean the filters because you know a lot of people have these filters that you saturate a filter and then you take the filter out of whatever the machine go over to a trash can and you bang it out. Yeah. You're standing there and you know all this dust is, you know, if you're doing it's coming back anyway. Yeah. 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 It, you didn't spread it all over the house, but right. you're still breathing it. You might breathe it in. So, yeah. um, that was a big challenge figuring out how to manage that dust from the cut all the way to disposal. Yeah. And so, you know, that was a big uh, But I can tell hurdle. you because we work with tools, we're tool guys, we understand, you know, what a job site looks like what the challenges are on a job site. You know, we try to manage and solve those problems within that context. And I think that's one of our, we have a unique perspective in that regard because we come from the field and, you know, we're masons and tile and contractors ourselves, so. Yeah. Were there any obstacles along the way that you were like, I can't do it, it's not gonna work? One of Yeah, I mean, then then you have breakthroughs. That's what, you know, invention is all about, breakthroughs. And you never know where that breakthrough is going to lead to. And really, one of the big ones was the spin filter. Yeah. And that's, you know, something that's on all of our tools. Prior to that, we were blowing things into a bag or we were, you know, had filters that had much less life. Mm -hmm. Uh, You had to manage them somehow. Um, But once we happened on the spin filter, which is very simple... You're spinning a pleated filter across a tab, kind of like putting a card in your spokes of your bicycle, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's very effective, simple, durable, and effective. And that's, yeah. you know, when you got all of that, you have an elegant design, and that's a perfect invention right there. In, nice, in my book, is when it's uh, you know solves all those problems in a very simple way. Well, you made so, that sound easy. Like,
0: well, you just you know that's where the innovation comes from, right? Yeah. But what what would you tell a young inventor or entrepreneur like? If they're if they're at that wall, what would you tell them? What's your best advice to get?
1: I have a group of guys get, the that, get through the breakthrough. Yeah, I have a group of guys. Um, whenever we're trying to solve a problem, I tell them go do something. Yeah, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's wrong. Go do something because something you're gonna turn over some rock or do this that's gonna lead to that. It's gonna lead to this, and that next thing you know, you got a breakthrough. Take action. Take action. Go do something. Don't sit there and go. I can't. I can't do this. This. I don't know how to do this. Let's try. Well, so. just go out there and do something. I don't. Do something. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that you know even that's a. I think it's a great life lesson. If you just want to sit at home and says the world is no good. Everybody hates me. I can't get a job. I can't. I can't. I can't. Yeah. Sitting on the couch doesn't get it done. Right. Go do something, and something will pop up. You go to the store, and you meet some guy that needs a helper that, you know, you don't know what that turns into. It's just, so. Yeah.
0: That's great advice. I love yeah. it. I love it. Uh, what's been the most surprising thing that
1: you've learned on this journey? Um, I, I guess it's just the... Um, you know, I love inventing things and coming up with new products. I, I really love coming to trade shows like we went to the first one in 2016 and showing the tile industry that you could take, like, cutting a blade dry. Mm-hmm. Cutting with a blade. And, I, you know, I used to tell them I'd make a cut, and they'd be like, you know, and I'd almost like, ah, you know, and pull down my sleeves. It's not a magic trick. Right. This is innovation. And then I would even tell them, hey, make a cut, and grab the blade. I dare you. You know, and they would be like, "Yeah, they think it's blade yeah, hot. Be, that's it's gonna be red hot." Yeah, but no, I mean, that, and that was all part of designing the blade. Was a huge step that we had to go through to successfully dry cut, keeping the blade cool that works with the system. Yeah. Um, because at the end of the day, if the blade doesn't cut, it doesn't matter yeah. what dust collection or anything else. So yeah, no, so those are just of some sense. of the really. Um, I, kind of entertaining things along the way, sure. and, uh, getting people's reaction. And then, you know, it's always enjoyable to meet people as well and yeah. and uh, become part of the you know different social communities that are out there that support the industry, which is great.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you guys do really well with that. In fact, I know you've launched a, a new Facebook group, I believe. Do you, do you remember the name of it? I'll, yeah, I, it's I, uh, Built could. With You In Mind. Built With You In Mind. Yep. If anybody's on Facebook, you can check out Built With You In Mind. Um, and what what's basically the intention with that group
1: really it's uh you know trying to com- connect with those communities even more you know kind of like even what you're doing or other social media channels just sharing stories because like you said you know you could be talking to a realtor that knows something but if something is related and some piece of information yeah. that you can use in your life and your business uh that could be a breakthrough for you yeah um so that's really what that's about and you know Again, kind of tying those social media communities together in in a very positive way. Uh, Where do you find your inspiration from? Um, You know, I just get excited because we have a great team at IQ. Um, It's a very creative team. Um, You know, I always find if I I like doing new things, I like uh, being able to be uh, creative. Mm -hmm. That gets me out of bed in the morning. Uh, Going to work and knowing that we're going to work on a new project or we have... Some specific problem to solve, and uh, collaborating with the guys, and you know how are we going to do this? And that that's really enjoyable to me, and um, just working with the team, you know, it's it's a lot of fun. That's
0: awesome. I love it. So, so you guys bounce a lot of a lot of ideas off each other, and that's
1: one of my favorite things. And I try not to be, you know, drive that too much. I just, you know, here's the problem, guys, and I don't, you know, I want to be a leader that kind of encourage. You know, even the guy, maybe the new guy that just kind of joined the team, and he's just, you know, you know, maybe in, I don't want to say the lowest position, but, you know, he's just new. Yeah. Give him a voice, because you never know where the next good idea is coming from. Yeah. Um, but make an environment where uh, people can be wrong. Yeah. I truly believe in that, so that people can put those ideas out there, even however crazy they are, and maybe it's not the right idea, but have the space so that they can express themselves.
0: Would you say that having that, building that kind of culture, really, company culture has been your secret to your success? I think so. Yeah, because yeah. from the outside, I mean, like you said, it hasn't been that long since you, you know, first launched at the first trade show and it's just like boom, 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 just like multiplying every year from the outside looking in. Uh, whatever you're doing, keep it up. It looks easy. <laughs> I know it's not, not easy, but um, you got a good team
1: behind you. What are you guys up to this year? What's, what's new for IQ? Well, um, you know, really promoting the little uh, benchtop. You know, of course, we got new projects that, you know, I can't talk about yet. Okay. So upcoming trade shows. uh, um, We're kind of broadening our horizons a little bit. We're going to go to the International Builders Show this year. So, you know, broadening uh, the audience as well. Um, But, you know, really there's new tools like the little benchtop. You know, I think it has a lot of legs and you know, teaching people the, the value of dry cutting and how you can, you know, really save money in your business. Yeah. Um, be more efficient and those types of things and uh, just keep adding to that thing. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Well it's 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 fun to watch you
0: grow and I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what what's revealed this year and kind of what's up your sleeve. I love it. All right, I love well,
1: we, it. we appreciate what you're doing and you know, getting guys to focus on their business because right. it is i mean at the end of the day we all have to earn money and we have to turn our passion into money from, right uh you know you pointing out different things and some very practical things that they can do that's a great uh, service to them and a, you know another valuable voice in the industry here so yeah. great job all right all right thank you luke you're welcome all right paul all right